Richard Radio begins in three, two, one. God told me to tell you this. That's paganism. Do you really expect and anticipate that the divine voice of God can be heard by you? That's horoscope reading. Standing in the office of the prophet of God. That's reading tea leaves. You can't have a relationship to God if you can't hear God. That is not biblical Christianity. You want to hear God speak to you? Read your Bible. If you want to hear God speak to you audibly, read it out loud. I promise you, 100% guaranteed, you will hear him speak. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Well, I am not Todd Friel. I am not freakishly tall. In fact, I am the perfect height. My name is Jim Osmond. I'm here with the co-host for today's Wretched Radio program, Justin Peters. Justin, I am honored to be doing this. You? Thank you, Jim. It's an honor to be doing it with you, brother. Yeah, Todd did not leave us without any guidance for this episode of Wretched Radio. In fact, he gave us a couple of subjects that he wants us to cover. And uh, before we do that, he did leave us with a few guidelines for today's program. Number one, he said, and I thought this was a bit odd, but this was one of his guidelines, no swearing on today's episode, which I know was almost a deal breaker for you, Justin. I was was ready to just out, you know. With that, I was going to quit right there. But, ladies and gentlemen, I convinced Justin he could go a full hour without swearing. The <laughs> second guideline was we had to come up with five things to say kind about Todd Friel. About me? Uh, no, not about you, but uh, you, I will need your help with this. As, as we do say things nice about Todd, I'll need you to keep a tally in there and make sure that we hit all five before the end of this episode. Are we going to play true or false, too, with that? No, just was five things. And Todd was kind enough that he was going to send us a list of nice things to say about him. So maybe that could be the first one that Todd was kind enough to think about sending us an email. <laughs> and with. to consider it. <laughs> yeah, but he never actually did that. Uh, the third thing was that we were supposed to lobby for Jimmy Hicks to get a raise. Now, that, that was written in different handwriting and a different pen, but Todd must have just thought of that. Activity. I proofread the email before it went out. Oh, that's good. Okay. <laughs> Justin, uh, this is you and I being on Wretched Radio for me is coming something of full circle in our friendship. I first heard of you on a Wretched Radio program in 2006, probably 2007. Uh, I was, I've was i been listening to Wretched Radio. Of course, it was way of the master radio back then, 2006, right, right. 2007. I, I've listened to Wretched so long. I remember... I remember Todd Friel in the white pants. And he did a video where he was wearing these ta- these skinny <laughs> jean white pants. And white he got, pants? Sounds he like Benny Hinn. Oh, yeah, he was almost. He just <laughs> needed the suit. He needed the full suit. He came out on the video. I thought he was going to start slaying people in the spirit. He uh, And then he just got excoriated by the listeners for that. They teased him, mocked him relentlessly oh, really? for the white pants. Man, I haven't seen the white pants. Yeah, I don't know. I, don't, I can't remember if they were slacks or jeans. But anyway, that was a long time ago. And I heard Todd interview you, and I thought to myself, I have to get that guy to come and do a, his seminar. And it wasn't Clouds Without Water back then. It was a different... Yeah, it was called, uh, back then, A Call for Discernment. Yeah, yep. it was a three or four day conference that you would do in churches. Yep. And I thought, I got to get that guy to come to our church and do the conference on Word Faith Teachers and uh, and, and do that for our body. And it was a couple of years later that I was at a Wretched Creation event. It was called the Wretched Creation Vacation, I think. It was yeah. in June of 2009, if memory serves. And Wretched hosted that at the Creation Museum. This is before the Ark Encounter was built. So it was hosted at the Creation right. Museum. We got back uh, door access, or we should say after hours access to the Creation Museum to go wandering around in there. And they had the main events, the teaching events, not at the Creation Museum, but at another church uh-huh. that was sort of off campus. 
And Todd, during one of his breakout sessions, said, hey, our friend Justin Peters is here. And I thought, oh, this will be a great opportunity for me to corner you and see if you'd be willing to come to our church to do your seminar. And I looked behind me, and you were like three rows behind me just sitting in the aisle. And I thought, okay, at some point here, I've I've got to find you and just introduce myself. And by the providence of God, you and I were walking into the main session of uh, one of the teaching sessions, the main auditorium there, and I found myself walking right beside you. You were on your scooter, and I was wearing a Reagan Presidential Library t-shirt, and and you looked up at me, and you remember what you said? Not exactly, but I remember the t-shirt. I can see it in my mind's eye right now. Yeah, I'd been to the Reagan Presidential Library a couple of uh, years before that, and you said, Reagan, he's one of my favorite. One of He's my one of my president. favorite presidents as yeah, well. Yeah. And I said, oh, wow, we have kindred spirit here. So then I said, I have been meaning to talk to you. And you gave me your number. I said, call me. It's on the website. Call me when uh, when we're out of here and we'll arrange something. We did. You came to our church in March of 2010. And you and I have been friends ever since. Ever since. And now our friendship has come full circle. We're doing Wretched Radio together, at least this episode of it. I don't know if this will ever see the light of day. That's up to Todd and Jimmy. <laughs> and uh, And then we were at the Reagan Presidential Library together this spring. After Shepherd's Conference in March. Almost sounds like a Hallmark movie. It does. It? Yeah. After this, we'll have to break up and it'll be the end of right. our... <laughs> enough. Yeah. All right. Um, our, our, uh, our subject for today is artificial intelligence and sermon prep. And uh, this is something that you're a little sketchy with uh, new technology. So I wouldn't call you a Luddite, but... A Luddite? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to have to consult my dictionary. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, do you know what a Luddite is? No, I do not. All right. A Luddite is somebody who's afraid of technology, who wants to stay oh, in the okay. past. You're, you're kind well, of artificial intelligence. You were a little sketchy about it. And you said, I'm yeah. not sure what the role of this is. Our concern in this episode, in our segments here together, is going to be to discuss the role of, of artificial intelligence with sermon prep. We think that there are some serious dangers here. And I'm speaking to you as a pastor. I pastor a small church in northern Idaho, about an hour south of the Canadian border. And um, I'm involved in weekly sermon prep. You are an expositor. Exposing false teachers is not your passion. No, expositional preaching is my first commitment. Yeah. And so as, as since that is near and dear to both of our hearts, we wanted to spend this hour talking about the role that artificial intelligence is playing, uh, some of the good things that it does, some of the things that it is able to do, but uh, more significantly, the danger that it poses to sermon preparation and yep. to pastors and the temptations that are there. Right. So get a couple of uh, a, a couple of disclaimers here on this subject first. Um, are you a technology expert? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Yeah, no. you had a hard time logging onto the internet here when we just sat down to record. Right. Yeah. No, I'm I'm constantly calling Josh Comstock, my friend, to uh, help me with tech stuff. So I'm not nearly as tech savvy as most people would imagine. Yeah. And and though I joked about it, you're not really afraid of technology, are you? No. I, I AI, I have been kind of afraid of a bit. So you could call me maybe a soft Luddite okay. when it comes to, to AI. Soft, but, uh, not in the effeminate sense. But not uh, in the effeminate okay. sense, no. Yeah, we're not afraid of the technology. All technology has its uh, positives and its benefits, its goods and its ills that we have to consider. And um, with sermon prep and with being a pa- in being, being in pastoral ministry, AI is just one of those things that we have to consider in that way. So technology can be scary when it first appears. I remember when um, when the very first time that I entered my credit card information into Amazon.com. Yeah, the idea of of giving that to some computer, something on the other side, I didn't even know what it was. 
Right. Oddly, I didn't think anything of giving my credit card information to a complete rando on the other end of the phone when yeah. I would order my books from CBD. As long as you're talking to a person. Yeah. yeah. But with Amazon, it was a little bit different. So I'm going to talk for a moment about what is AI. What is chat GTP? It sort of made the headlines. It's a big thing now. You see it probably coming up in your social media feeds. And I've used this technology in different ways for a number of different things. I have... Um, I have some friends who use this every day, and it seems to be very efficient in doing several things. For instance, I have somebody who uses it in editing emails. Have you used it at all, by the way, Justin? No, uh, I have not. But the edit feature, I, I could see myself using it for editing. Yeah. But beyond that, I haven't, no. Uh, I have a buddy who uses it to fix computer code. I know of somebody who uses it to write employee reviews. And just to give you some idea of its capabilities, listener, in case you're unsure of what AI is, it is not, and Jimmy, I may be stepping on sacred ground here, but I'm going to have to say something that disagrees with Todd. With Todd I disagree with Todd every day. Okay, that's good. Okay, so that's okay. So let me know if this is a disagreement that is inappropriate or not. But I've heard Todd say that AI is a faster Google. It's basically an efficient and fast search engine. It's actually not that. It is a generative tool. It generates information. It generates text. It does not search text. So there's the danger of AI is that people use it thinking that they are quoting a source or, or getting a source of information like you would quote or like you would search for Google. Right. So I ran into this one time. I was I was asked just this last May to do a commencement address at our, our graduation for the seniors in our church. And uh, I, I wanted a, a quote from self, on self-discipline, the subject of, of self-discipline, discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Uh -huh. So I asked uh, ChatGTP, give me a quote on self-discipline from Charles Spurgeon. And it gave me this paragraph, 150 words or so. And I read through that and I thought, man, that is the most Spurgeon-esque speaking language. That is one of the best quotes on self-discipline. And so then I asked it, give me the source for this quote. And it came back and said, I'm sorry, I'm not a search engine. You asked for something on church, on, on discipline that sounded like Charles Spurgeon. And that's what I gave you. Spurgeon never said this. It sounded right. like it was Spurgeon. But Spurgeon never said it. Older it, English Spurgeon-esque. Is exactly what it was. So uh, I asked it to give me a, a, a review of Scott Klusendorf's new book, The Case for Life that is coming out, his second edition of that. He asked me to write a recommendation for that. So I asked it, write a recommendation for Scott Klusendorf's book, The Case for Life, written from a pastoral perspective. He gave me 250 words. I read that and I thought, man, that's exactly what I would say about that book. But I didn't copy and paste that, give that to Scott. Right. Instead, I wrote something because I wanted it to come from me, knowing that this is what AI does. It just generates stuff like this that you ask it to, to generate. So for instance, I asked uh, ChatGTP, write a 200-word positive review of Todd Friel, the host of Wretched Radio. Here's what ChatGTP came up with. Todd Friel, the host of Wretched Radio, is an absolute gem in the world of Christian broadcasting. His unwavering commitment to delivering thought-provoking, biblically-grounded content with a touch of humor and humility makes him a standout figure in the industry. One of the most commendable aspects of Todd's hosting style is his ability to tackle challenging and controversial topics with grace and charity. Moreover, Todd's genuine <laughs> passion for the gospel and his infectious enthusiasm are truly inspirational. I asked Chad GTP to give me the same review, make it sound like Charles Spurgeon. Here's what he said. Todd Friel, the host of Wretched Radio, is a luminary in the realm of Christian broadcasting. His unwavering dedication to delivering profound, biblically grounded content seasoned with a dash of humor and profound humility renders him an illustrious figure in the annals of faith. So that is Chad GTP. That is the positive review of Todd Friel. I asked it to give me a review of Todd Friel with Wretched Radio in the language of Dr. Seuss. 
And I will read that to you when we get back after this break. This is Jim Osmond and Justin Peters standing in for Todd Friel on Wretched Radio. So you aren't convinced of the importance of training godly men to rightly divide the word of truth in churches internationally? Well, then we'll let Paul Washer convince you. You have to support men who are elder qualified proclaimers of the word. When we support a man coming out of TMAI, we know not only that he is properly trained, but we know that he will still be supervised. Would you please join TMAI, the Master's Academy International, in advancing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ through expository preaching in local churches around the globe. It's a magnificent ministry, and it's so important. Please consider partnering with TMAI at wretched.org slash pastor, wretched.org slash pastor. Thank you for supporting indigenous pastors around the world. All right, well, buckle up, get ready. Road Trip to Truth Season 4 is back. Host John Fabar is also back this year. But what's different this year is he has a traveling companion. Our buddy Jake Ream is joining him on the Road Trip to Truth for Season 4. And this is not going to be your typical grandma's Bible study. No, 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 no. If any of our other seasons are any indication, you know exactly what you're in store for. Hard-hitting questions, controversial topics, and a heaping dose of biblical truth. Sin, death, atheism, racism, critical race theory, you name it, they're going to cover it this season, and they're not going to pull any punches while they're doing it. Get ready, because they're going to tackle the toughest issues facing Christians today from a solid biblical perspective. Road Trip to Truth, Season 4, available for purchase now at wretched.org slash four. That's wretched.org slash F-O-U-R. I believe in a culture of life. One of the most impactful moments of my life was when I heard the heartbeat of my oldest daughter uh, in my wife's womb and then saw the sonograms of all three of my kids. The sonogram or the, the pictures that are taken of babies, still a profoundly helpful tool, which encourages me to encourage you to consider supporting Preborn Ministries. Preborn Ministries and their network clinics, they are giving away free ultrasounds to women, but they do cost something. It's $28 an ultrasound. And just as you heard Governor DeSantis say, his view of life was profoundly changed when he saw the baby in the womb when you see the form and the shape and the fingers and the heartbeat. Would you please consider supporting Preborn? It's a great ministry of life. It has a high anthropology, shares the gospel with women and with the dads. Preborn.org slash wretched. Preborn.org slash wretched. Know your church fathers. Tatian is known as Asia's first Christian theologian. He came from Assyria and studied under Justin Martyr before returning to prepare a path for the gospel into Western Asia. He wrote A Harmony of the Four Gospels. It was the primary gospel text in Syria throughout the 3rd and 4th centuries. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Welcome back to Wretched Radio. This is not Todd Friel. This is Jim Osmond with Justin Peters sitting in for Todd Friel here in the Wretched Studio. Before the break, Justin, I said I was going to read the positive review written by ChatGTP of Todd Friel of Wretched Radio in the language of Charles Spurgeon. 
Okay. Oh, no, I did Charles Bridge. You I did, said I was going to do did. it in the now language you're doing of Dr. Seuss. Dr. Seuss. Okay. I didn't ask it to do a positive review of Todd Friel in the language of Dr. Seuss, but I did ask it to do a negative review of Todd Friel in the language of Dr. Seuss. So, Jimmy, I just want to make Thank sure you. That we're Thank you. on our number, our, our five <laughs> things that we have to say of Todd. Have we done all five of them with the positive review yet? I, I think so. I'm we pretty sure. Yeah. Okay, so we can go back. Anything positive gonna... about Todd from here on out. Okay. <laughs> This is going to not, but a negative, that's going to knock one off of our No, he didn't say we couldn't say anything Uh -uh. negative. He said we had to say something positive. So (laughs) here's the negative review of Todd Friel, written by chat GTP. Todd Friel, the host of Wretched Radio. This is not the language of Dr. Seuss, by the way. This is just what I asked it to give me a negative one. Here's what it says. Todd Friel, the host of Wretched Radio, embodies everything that is wrong with modern talk radio. His relentless and narrow-minded approach to conservative Christian ideology is not only off-putting, but also harmful to productive discourse. Friel's blatant disregard for differing opinions and his tendency to resort to personal attacks rather than engaging in thoughtful debate make his show a painful experience for anyone seeking genuine intellectual exchange. Same you know, general, that's, generative engine. Jimmy, what do you think? Well, I think I would tend to agree. <laughs> <laughs> no. Then I asked Todd, I asked ChatGTP, turn that into a Dr. Seuss book, and here's what it came up with. In a land where the radio waves would play, lived a host named Todd Friel. Oh, what can we say? On Wretched Radio, he took the stage, but his style of talk was quite hard to engage. With conservative views, he'd often proclaim, stirring up fear, it was always the same. Sensationalism, his favorite song, but it's not the way we all get along. Instead of discussion, open and wide, he divide and conquer, casting truth aside, cherry-picking facts, twisting them tight. Oh, what a sight, such a troublesome plight. Complex issues reduced to sound bites. It's true. His show did a disservice to me and to you. We need more nuance, depth, and finesse. But Todd Friel's approach caused more distress. So let's change the tune. Let's switch up the beat. Embrace unity. Let's divisions retreat. In this Dr. Seuss land, we seek what is true and leave behind fear. Oh, what a breakthrough. And that is completely generated from scratch. I mean, you type, you gave it the parameters, hit in, and in seconds, it just, so what you just read has never been written by anyone. And there's no record of it, unless I were to cut and paste and put that online, there would be no record that that was ever generated or said. Right. So what ChatGTP does is it takes what it knows about Wretched Radio and Todd Friel from the internet, things that are written, and I ask it for 200 words, positive review, Dr. Seuss, it takes those parameters and generates that text. Yeah. So it is not a search engine. That's the first thing to remember, which means that pastors, if you are using it to search for sites or quotations or references or, or anything like that, information and data, it might give you something that is true. It might give you something entirely fabricated, entirely made up on the spot, generated according to the parameters that you give it. So if you ask for a, a quote from Charles Spurgeon on the subject of election or predestination, it will give you something that is Spurgeon's perspective on election and predestination, but it might be something that he never said, never right. said or never wrote, right. but it will be in his language and it will include those parameters. That's one of the dangers of it. Right. It'll reflect Spurgeon's theology. It'll reflect his language and yeah. terminology and cadence and all that, but it won't actually have been from Spurgeon. That's right. So, Justin, let's talk for a moment about the the danger of lazy pastors and how ChatGTP can begin to be a, a, a can be tempting to be a tool that lazy pastors would use. Have you ever heard of pastors pastors plagiarizing? Not no. pastors plagiarizing, but pastors plagiarizing. No, no, I've never heard of pastors doing that. No, actually, yeah, this plagiarism is a cottage industry amongst uh, a lot of pastors. It's a cottage industry in the SBC. I mean, you can go to some prominent um, SBC pastors' websites, and they have sermons there where you can pay for them. Uh, 
different levels. If you want just an outline, it's a certain amount of dollars. If you want manuscripts, a few more dollars. If you want complete with PowerPoint presentations, it's still more. And uh, yeah, there's websites dedicated to this. some well-known pastors in the SBC. So this is, it's an industry yep. amongst evangelicals, not just SBC, of course, but amongst evangelicals. Yep. It's, it's massive. Ed Litton, of course, was known for that here. I probably, news. yeah, I probably get an email every month or two from somebody saying, Hey, our, our pastor was caught plagiarizing. I yeah. searched for the text of his sermon, the right used his transcript to search for where this was preached before and found out that he's buying this from sermons.com or rickwarren.com or some other yeah. sermon generating site right. where pastors who have preached these sermons yep. sell them. Yep. There's a lot that leads to that in ministry. Uh, it, it can become tempting, I understand, for pastors to shirk the work of sermon prep. When you have a busy week, things are bearing down on you, you got a lot going on, you have a funeral, you have a wedding, you have a crisis counseling situation, your Sunday school teacher bails for the week, so you got to do Sunday school and preach. And it can be very tempting to find any time-saving t- time tool in your arsenal to use in order to cut time out of the sermon prep so that you can yeah. have something to present to your people on a Sunday morning. Right. Sure. A lot of things like that. And that is the way in which chat GTP can be a very alluring tool mm-hmm. because it can do a lot of work for you in a very little bit of time. Yep. That's where we think, friends, that the danger lies. So I might be jumping what, what, what you guys are wanting to talk about here, uh, but what draws a pastor? Are, are we asking, or I guess what I'm asking you is, are we asking our pastors to do way too much? Yeah, that's definitely a consideration. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of pastors who the entire ministry lies upon them, at rest upon them. Yeah. And, and in many ways, I think pastors, pastors of small churches have more demands on them than pastors of larger churches. Because larger churches, you have more staff people, more elders, more pastors to handle other responsibilities. Whereas if you're a pastor of a small church, it's, it's all on you, basically. And people don't realize how much time is involved in sermon preparation. I tell people all the time, I'm an evangelist. I'm not a pastor. I'm an evangelist. I do expositional preaching. But I always try to encourage people when I go to churches that, uh, you know, if if all a pastor had to do, if all he had to do was to prepare and write one expositional sermon a week, that in and of itself could be a full-time job. Mm-hmm. If it's done right, mm-hmm. it's done well. I mean, just doing that, you're, one sermon, an hour-long sermon, expositional, uh, you know, you're looking at 30, 40 hours of work just yeah. for that, just yeah. for that. People don't realize that. And and there are ways of, there are ways of doing that quickly that ChatGTP offers to pastors. And, yeah. and we're not here even in remotely saying that pastors should shirk the work, the hard work of sermon preparation to use ChatGTP, because this, I think, is one of the alluring dangers of it. It's one of the dangers. Yeah. yeah. So I, uh, to give you an idea of, of how, how this would be abused. I went to ChatGTP a few months ago when I'm, I'm preaching through Hebrews chapter 12 right now. I went to ChatGTP a, a couple of months ago when I was first sort of exposed to this technology, and, and I asked it to give me 10 observations from Hebrews 12, 18 through 24, uh-huh. basically the context of that fifth warning passage in the book of Hebrews. It gave me 10 observations about that passage that were absolutely true and, and true to that text. Right. Then I said, write me a sermon introduction, 500 words to uh, give me an introduction for a sermon. 
that's the, the introduction, 500 words to a sermon on this passage. And it gave me a great introduction for that sermon, basically kind of an overview of where we're going. And then I said, generate for me a homiletical outline for a sermon on this passage. And it gave me a homiletical outline that was faithful with the scripture references and everything that were part of that. Introductory points, homiletical outlines, subpoints, the references in the scripture, as well as the concluding points and everything. If I were a lazy pastor, I could have taken that and copy, paste, copy, paste, and then with any kind of ability to speak publicly uh, on your feet and and to, and to wing something, yeah, a guy could get up and, and preach forty minutes on that text by just sort of wandering through the outline generated by ChatGTP. Yep, yep, and, and use that to shirk all of the work of sermon prep. And I think your point, my point, is that that is not good for the soul of a pastor or for his family or for his congregation. No, it's it's not. Uh, you know, you can anybody can do what you just described. You know, you go up to any rando on the street and ask them to put those parameters in chat GPT and get up and read it. Anybody could do that. Yep. When I'm in a church, when I'm listening to a pastor, a preacher, I want to know that that man, the, the truth that he is communicating to me has impacted him. He has meditated on it. It is a, it's, it's um, impacted his heart, his thinking. Uh, this is something that he believes. No, I don't want a, just a, a trained monkey to get up and, and read me something. I can, I can do that. Is this a form of plagiarism? Hundred percent, hundred percent. It's, I guess, maybe not by the strict definition of the term plagiarism, but yeah, it's a form of it because you're, uh, you're just you're circumventing the work, and and God has ordained it that the the preacher must meet biblical qualifications. And I'll say this: if a if a preacher is using Chat GPT uh, to perform to uh, write his sermons, then then he's not, there's a character issue there. He's not meeting biblical qualifications to be an elder. And if that's, if that's what he's tempted to do or is doing, then he needs to uh, seriously examine his calling. Yeah. All right. There is a role that the Word of God has in the life of a preacher. And in our next segment, we come back from the break, we're going to talk about the Word of God and its work in the heart of the pastor and through the pastor in the hearts of his congregation. This is Jim Osmond and Justin Peters standing in for Todd Friel on Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break. Here on Wretched Radio, I am Jimmy Hicks. We start with news on the FBI. According to a report from the Daily Wire recently, the FBI was slow to react on reports of a satanic pedophile ring that was torturing children. I don't know, I guess they were too busy chasing conservative ghosts, who knows. Thankfully, though, there were agents who did bring justice. Protecting kids should come first. Let's hope the Bureau finally gets their priorities worked out. School sports, one district is making student-athletes compete on sports teams based on their biological sex at birth. What a concept. Yeah, physical differences between boys and girls should actually separate boys and girls. And Target is in the news again. I think this week we've already talked about them one time. It may have even been yesterday where we talked about them selling a Christmas ornament this year of a black paraplegic man, and they've taken quite a bit of heat over it. Now there are reports that the organization has promoted an executive with the nickname Gay Cruella, even amid the sales drops over too much woke support. Yeah, well, not sure that a spiteful Disney villain within the executive ranks of your corporation is probably the best branding either. But hey, what do I know about business? I'm just over here lucky that I'm able to find my way home every day. 
Well, in the music world, Pink has decided that she is going to fight back against Florida's banned books. And she's going to give away those books at her next concert in the state. Except there's a plot twist here. There's actually no books actually banned in the state of Florida. The addiction to outrage? It's a real thing. Shifting focus to Nigeria, where one family has endured persecution for refusing to worship idols over the last decade. The courageous conviction there reminds us that truth matters even when standing firm brings hardships. That's a lesson we can all learn while we continue to fervently pray for all of our persecuted brothers and sisters all over the world. And that's been today's Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Important Dates in Christian History 1273 Thomas Aquinas completes work on Summa Theologica, the theological masterpiece of the Middle Ages. Aquinas synthesized faith and reason, incorporating Aristotelian philosophy into his work and provided a theological framework for Catholic doctrine. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Welcome back to Wretched Radio. This is Jim Osmond and Justin Peters. And to demonstrate just how little of uh, te- technologically aficionados we are, technical aficionados we are, I have been saying JAT, GPT, GTP, PGT, PTG. It's all the same. Who knows? Who's really to say what that technology is? It identifies sometimes as chat PGT and sometimes as GPT. Sometimes it's GTP, yeah. GPT. Identify however you want to. Yeah, that's that's the game that we play here. I was just, uh, I've been stumbling through that all the way through this, getting trying to get the initials. Uh, I sh- maybe we should just use artificial intelligence, though I have been reliably informed by a friend of mine that it's not truly artificial intelligence. That doesn't exist. That's a word we right. use to describe this, but it is actually not an intelligence. It is a... Right. Something different than yeah. that. It's a large, what they call LLM, large language model, I guess, is the okay. technology behind it. I, I may not even know what it's called, but I know how it's abused and how it could be abused. And that's really what we're talking about today. Yep. This is uh, a form of plagiarism in a sense, Justin. And uh, we want to address that with the character issues that this raises for a pastor. Yeah, it raises a lot, Jim. Uh, you know, one of the qualifications for a pastor and elder is that he must be apt to teach, able to teach teach sound doctrine, refute those who contradict, study to show yourself approved unto God. And so using chat GPT is circumventing all of that. You're not studying. You're just entering in a few parameters. You're not studying. Uh, You're not able to teach. You can't teach truly. You can't teach what you do not know and what you do not believe. So uh, when a pastor goes into his, if he's tempted to do that, or if he is doing that, uh, I I would encourage you, uh, examine your calling because you're you're lying to your people. Because when you get up and preach this AI generated sermon, your people think that you've done the work. So you're getting up and you're lying to your people, uh, and you're lying before God. You're lying to Him. And uh, Jim, I I think you would resonate with this. I know as a preacher, uh, there's never a time when I take the pulpit that I'm not terrified at the task before me because of the weight of the responsibility, the one whom it is we are representing. And uh, I know that one day we will stand before Christ and give an account. And so to the man who's, or to the man who's tempted to do this, ask yourself, do you, do you really believe one day that you'll stand before Christ and you will give an account? Because you will. 
And you do not want to stand before Christ and give an account for this, this most sacred duty. I tell people all the time that uh, if you were to become, if you're a pastor and you were to become president of the United States, that would be a demotion for you. There is no greater task or responsibility. It is a solemn duty, and it brings up very serious disqualifying character issues. This is a very serious issue. I think it's going to be a tremendous temptation for an awful lot of men in the pulpit. Mm-hmm. It's very, very dangerous. Yeah, part of that temptation is the ability to plagiarize without anybody being able to check it because there is yeah. no memory. Chat GTP to GPT, did I say it right that time? Artificial intelligence has no memory. This, right. this generative engine. It doesn't keep a record of what it is that you have yeah. generated. So nobody can go and search the the annals of, of its records of what it has created and say, oh, here's the sermon that Jim preached on Hebrews 12. And here's the very same outline that is created by this artificial intelligence. It is, it is in, entirely anonymous, an ability to plagiarize without anybody ever seeing it. Which will only increase the temptation because That's you know, right. because there's no record of it, you'll never get caught. Yeah. So instead of warning people just of those dangers and talking about the the judgment that is to come upon lazy pastors who shirk their work, let's talk for a moment about the positive effects of the Word of God in the heart of the preacher yeah. in the study of the Word of God, because really this should be the alluring aspect of sermon preparation. I truly do count it as one of God's greatest blessings in my life, apart from my wife and my children. One of the greatest blessings that God has given to me is he has allowed me uh, to be in a church that is able to support me full-time, to pay me a salary so that I can sit and give myself to study. And I have yeah. a great—I've had great church secretaries, still have one now, that, that t- keep stuff off of my desk so that I can give myself to studying and sermon preparation and going through the outline and doing the work of sermon prep. Yes. And it is not tempting to me to shirk that. I am far more tempted to neglect every other aspect of a pastoral ministry, whether that's visitation or administration or organizing events or doing funerals and weddings and stuff like that. All of that is secondary to me. It, it is a huge blessing to just be able to sit down with an, an open Bible and a, and a pad of paper and do my observations, my interpretation, the exegetical work, come up with an outline that that is mine, that is the is organically the product of what I have studied. And then to prepare that and to labor over it and to manuscript it and get it ready to preach, that is a process that results in a lot of fruit in my own heart and in my own soul by being exposed to the Word of God like that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's an immense part of our sanctification. It's a joy to do it. Um, I, I know that you and I both would agree with this, that if if we were to even attempt to do that just for one sermon, it would eat our consciences alive. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't even want to do that. And and a pastor that is tempted to do this, then you need to to ask yourself: Is this something that you're really called to do? That's because right. this should be your joy. This is this is your lifeblood. This is this is how we are sanctified: is by studying His Word and letting that Word impact our hearts. This is how we come to know God by knowing His Word. And so um, this this chat GPT stuff and, and AI, it's a, it's a complete um, circumvention of God's ordained means to his ordained ends. And, and uh, any pastor who is not doing his own work should get out of the pulpit. Yeah. Yeah, this, this is a, it's a profound reality, the responsibility of preaching the Word of God. And the fruit that it yields in, the, in a pastor's own life, I think, is eternal fruit. And it's fruit that oh, yeah. is then passed on to the congregation because— 
Uh, Hatton Robinson, his classic book, Biblical Preaching or Expository Preaching, I forget the name of it, uh, Biblical Preaching, I think it is. He talks about how, how expository preaching is truth poured through personality. It's truth that goes yeah. through the preacher. Yeah. So the preacher doesn't become like the surface of a pond that the, the rock of the Word of God skips across on its way to the hearers. The yeah. preacher becomes the channel through which that truth right. flows from the Word of God out to his people. So, so that a preacher's role is not to get up and mimic John MacArthur or to try and preach in the That's style right. of R.C. Sproul That's right. or to be like the great Justin Peters or anybody like that. The, the goal of the preacher is to have his own personality, his own style, his own delivery, and allow the truth of God to flow through him to his people. There is, there is no one who benefits more from this, from preparing a sermon than the one who is presenting it. There's no one who, who benefits more. That, yeah. that time spent in study, it impacts the preacher more than it does than anyone else. And that is, that's not something I could even dream of wanting to rob myself of. Yeah. Does that mean that the pastor is going to spend 45, 48, 52 hours every week on every no. sermon that he preaches? Not necessarily, no. Yeah. Not, not every sermon, no. 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 There will be sermons that tax you yeah. to the point where you've got to spend that time preparing that because they refuse to be written. And then there are other sermons that are quite easy. Mm-hmm. So people ask me, what does your sermon prep look like? How many hours a week do you spend preparing a sermon? And and I say that that varies from week to week. There are sermons that are uh, difficult to prepare and difficult to preach. I, I say mm-hmm. that there are sermons that refuse to be written and refuse to be preached. You labor over them all week long. You strain, you exert yourself. You come to the meaning of the text. You do your exegetical work, prepare the outline. You go over it and over it. You never feel prepared. And then you get up there and you feel like you're just trying to roll a lead balloon, like you're pushing a chain. You're bearing the weight of the world on your shoulders trying to preach this thing. And it's a huge flop and you feel like you've been abandoned in the pulpit. Uh-huh. And then there are, preach, uh, there are sermons that are difficult to prepare, that refuse to be written, but they're easy to preach. And, and I don't know the difference between these, but it, you labor over it all week long and you get up and you stand in the pulpit. It's almost like it preaches itself. Yeah. And, yeah, be, yeah. and I, right. I, is that because you did the work well? I, I don't know. Is that because the, you prayed yourself up? I don't, I don't know what, what causes that to happen. Then there are sermons that are easy to prepare, but refuse to be preached. Yeah. It takes 20, 20 hours, you know, 15 hours. It almost writes itself. The outline falls into your lap. You, you feel like you know the passage, the illustrations come easy, the introduction, the conclusion. You think, oh, this is, this is fantastic. This is 40, 45 minutes of, of good quality stuff. You pray yourself up. You feel prepared. You, you feel like it's all there. It's, it wrote itself almost. It's probably going to preach itself, and then it refuses to be preached. You stand up, and it's a dud. You can't really attribute that to, I didn't pray enough, or I didn't think enough, or I didn't meditate enough. Yeah. And then there are sermons that are easy to prepare, and they're easy to preach. And these are the sermons that every pastor loves. When, the, when the, you get one of those dropped into your lap by the Holy Spirit every year, it, it writes itself, it's easy, it, it just comes together like it's, it's meant to be, and, and then it preaches itself, and it, it's easy, it's smooth, it's, it goes well. Yeah. Is that, the, is that the Spirit of God that does that work? How, how do, our experience as preachers is entirely unpredictable. It, it is, and, and, and I know you've had this happen too, but there, there have been times I've preached a sermon, and I thought it was a dud. Yeah. And, and, but then you'll have people come up to you and tell you how much that impacted them, yeah. how much they needed to hear that. And, and, and you just mystified, like how yeah, in the world did exactly. anybody get anything out of, out of that 45 minutes? Exactly. Because I couldn't, I felt like you couldn't put a coherent sentence together 
to and, save your life. And it reminds you that it's not you that's that's the important part of it. It's right. God's word. His word will not return void. Yeah. Yeah. It's the spirit doing that work. And you can't chalk it up to lack of prayer. We don't know. Next segment, we'll talk about the Word of God and the rule in the life of the congregations. Jim Osmond, Justin Peters, filling in for Todd Friel on Wretched Radio. If you happen to be staring down the health insurance barrel and you are groaning because you're going to have to figure out what do we do? Can we change? What do we get in November when it's open enrollment month? That barrel can be removed because every day is enrollment day at MediShare, would you please call them if you're dealing with the health insurance blues? <laughs> please take two minutes out of your day and give them a call at 844-34-BIBLE. 844-34-BIBLE. If you're not familiar with MediShare, it's affordable biblical health sharing. Average family saves $500 per month. Average. Their ratings, high, teledocs. Please check out MediShare by calling them, finding out how much your family will save, or you can visit MediShare.com slash wretched, MediShare.com slash wretched, where every day is enrollment day at MediShare. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. First of all, I want to say a huge thank you to all of you who enjoy our resources and listen to our programs. It's because of folks like you that we can continue to share the gospel far and wide. We know you're no stranger to our store at wretched.org, and for that, we are truly grateful. Have you ever prayerfully considered becoming an ongoing monthly Wretched Gospel partner? Look, no pressure. It's just an amazing way that we can together share the life-changing message of our Lord Jesus Christ. And let's be honest. Who doesn't want to be a part of that? You don't have to worry about your money or where it goes because we're members of the ECFA, which means we couldn't waste your money even if we wanted to, but we don't want to. In fact, 83% of every dollar you give goes directly to ministry. That is a verifiable fact. So if you're ready to jump on board, just visit wretched.org slash donate or text the word wretched to the number 44321. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. I would say the Tomorrow Clubs is a wonderful ministry. Kids are getting saved like crazy, not just in Eastern Europe, but also in Africa. And it's so efficient. I was just with Paul and Cindy Marty, and I asked, and it said, in, in American currency, how much does it cost to have a kid come to a Tomorrow Club four times a month? So every single week, what, what's the, what does it take to make that happen? Ready? A buck, one dollar. That's it. The kid comes, they get treats. They get materials that they learn the Bible, they memorize a buck because it's it's all volunteer driven. All those dear ones, they're volunteers. It's an amazing ministry. And if you have a heart for the lost in Eastern Europe, Africa, and you love supporting ministries that are super efficient and biblically sound, I would point you in the direction of tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, tomorrowclub.org slash wretched, and ask how many children might I be able to support per month? Mexican. Pneumatology is a study of the Holy Spirit. Scripture reveals that the Holy Spirit is a person, not a force or manifestation, and He is God, the third member of the Trinity. His work is not to provide emotional highs or show up in glory clouds or gold dust. The work of the Holy Spirit is to bear witness to the Savior, Jesus Christ. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Welcome back to Wretched Radio. This is Jim Osmond with Justin Peters filling in for Todd Friel. 
honored to be here and to do this. Justin, preaching, is it the voice of God to the people of God? Well, it is in that the the Bible is the Word of God. And uh, probably the only quote that I've ever been somewhat famous for, I suppose, is if you want to hear God speak, read your Bible. If you want to hear God speak to you audibly, read it out loud. Mm-hmm. 100% guaranteed you will hear God speak. Did you, did you invent that or did you I, get that no, from I chat did. GPT? No, that was not chat GPT. In fact, I said that it was an off-the-cuff thing in a seminar I did. It's probably been 15 years ago or so now. And someone heard it and they put it up on the internet. And next thing you know, people are quoting it. So, yeah. In fact, people, uh, there were a lot of other people knew about it before I ever did. So, anyway, you to answer, I did say it. Oh. Yes, I did say it. So, how could so, anybody know about that before you did? Well, I did. Other people knew it was famous before I did. I was, I was let me say that. that you way. were the last one to find out you were famous? Yeah, I was, exactly. Okay. <laughs> or somewhat. Well, whatever. But uh, yes, yes, uh, preaching is the Word of God in the sense that Scripture is the only infallible, inerrant Word of God, but God has gifted certain men with the ability to preach, teach sound doctrine, refute those who contradict, uh, study to show yourself approved. As we study God's Word and we exposit it, as long as we are uh, giving the authorial intent of the text, mm-hmm. then then you are hearing the voice of God. You're hearing the meaning of the author, the author's intent. Um, I tell people, if you if you come up with a meaning of Scripture that would not have meant sense, made sense to the original recipients, you've got the wrong meaning. Mm-hmm. So a, a good example is uh, dunamis. You know, we hear this all the time. That's a Greek word for power, and it's a word we get our word from dynamite. You know, you hear this a lot. Well, if you were to go back 2,000 years to the original recipients, of Paul's letter that we call Romans mm-hmm. and say, hey, you know what that word dunamis means? It means it means dynamite. They would have said, what's dynamite? Yeah. What are you talking about? What What is this dynamite? So you've got to get to the authorial intent, the original meaning. And as long as you are communicating that, yes, you are hearing, you are hearing God speak through his word. So if the proclamation of the word in the preaching event on a Sunday morning is accurate and truthful and clear, and you are communicating the meaning of the text, and your people are understanding the text, right. and they are beholding the face of Christ, as it were, the glory of God. They are beholding the meaning of the passage of Scripture. It is that that the Spirit of God uses to transform the yes. hearts and the minds and the lives of the people who hear the Word of God. Yes. Yeah. And that is the only thing that will transform people's hearts and minds. Uh, God's Word rightly divided. That is the only anything else might give you some a warm fuzzy might make you feel good might be a nice little story but it'll it's the theological equivalent of a sugar pill it won't last yeah. only God's word will bear lasting fruit so a lot of pastors are tempted to take a shortcut and to to save time on sermon preparation have you ever preached somebody else's message no never preached somebody else's no sermon? someone else's sermon yeah. no no, no not, sermon. I, in fact the just the thought of that. Yeah, appalls me. Like I recoil at that. Now I've quoted other preachers. Yeah, yeah. You know, I quote. I think probably most of us in our theological circles we quote the Puritans from time to time. So I will quote them and give them credit for it. Yeah. But preach someone else's sermon. Is it okay to Jimmy? You got something? I I was just. I was going to ask you if you've ever preached someone else's sermon, Jim. Oh, why are you putting me on the hot seat? Well, I'm just curious to know how you're going to answer this question. No, I have not. Oh, you have not. Else's sermon. You have not preached someone else's sermon. No, I have not. Have you? 
have you I taken some, somebody uh, else's sermon idea one time? Have you have you have you taken someone else's sermon and turned it into a series? I, I, well, I have taken somebody else's <laughs> idea for a sermon and turned it into okay. a series. Okay, <laughs> I feel like I'm missing some inside information. <laughs> there's there's an inside joke here. I'm well, I, you can you can just call me Jim's ghostwriter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Is it okay then? Well, that brings up a good subject. Jimmy, since you brought it up, I know this is painful, but uh, it brings up a good subject. Would you? Was it wrong to preach somebody else's outline? Wrong to preach someone else's outline. Yeah, you're reading a. You, you know, you have you're reading John MacArthur's commentary, and he has an outline of that passage. And you think to yourself, I could not improve on that. That it absolutely captures the essence of it. I can't improve on it. It it really boils down the meaning of the passage. Would you ever preach somebody else's outline? Or somebody if calls the, you, or somebody emails you, say, hey, "Here's my idea for a sermon," and you think you're going to preach that in one sermon? Why don't you turn that into a whole series at Christmas time? <laughs> that would be a perfect example of something you could do with that. Take somebody else's outline and make it into. I mean, obviously, put flesh on the bones and make it far better than it actually was at one time. But then you you preach an entire series on it. Is that okay? I'm starting to I'm starting to pick up that this is this is a, a thing. This has happened. Yeah, you know, I, I preached a sermon one time, and I, I I emailed my buddy Jim, and I said, "Hey, man, look at this." You know, because I haven't preached in you know at that point in time in a couple of years. You know, you get some confidence issues when you haven't stood in the pulpit in a while. And I said, Jim, all right, listen to this or read this. What do you, what do you think? And uh, next thing I know, he's preaching an entire series from my sermon at his church. <laughs> just, well, I, I guess, gave you credit. I, guess, I mean, I didn't name As long as name, credit is given. Credit. Yeah. He didn't give me any credit at all. I have, I have, I did not by name, but I did say, hey, I got this idea from a friend of mine, but I didn't say... It's Jimmy Hicks. This segment went in a strange direction. <laughs> it went off the rails a long time ago. Well, I got a lot of a lot of bitterness about yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> and I told him I'm going to write a book. I think I think that uh, the series is worth writing a book. But uh-huh. I might I may have the uh, AI do that. So is it you can do that as long as you give credit. As long as you give too. credit, yeah. And I've done that with John MacArthur's sermons. Somebody yeah. else's as well, but I mean, I've I done mean, it with John, uh, John MacArthur's outlines. I should say. I'll say I can't improve on this. There are three observations from the text here. Yeah. And and I get this from John MacArthur. I, I can't improve on this or make up my own. But that that is never an excuse to just I don't get up there and read John MacArthur's commentary on right, this. Right. Yeah. And John Yeah, John MacArthur. My my wife Kathy, many years ago before I knew her, she was going to a church and uh she was listening to John MacArthur. She was a relatively new Christian at the time and, and listening to a lot to MacArthur. And then she noticed that her own pastor at the time was preaching the same sermons. And so mm-hmm. he was literally plagiarizing John MacArthur's sermons. Now, I guess if you're going to plagiarize someone, he'd be, yeah. a, you know, better to plagiarize him than, you know, Ed Linton. Ed Linton. <laughs> Joel Osteen. But, uh, but she went to him, confronted him, and, and they left the church. So, yeah. but as long as you're giving credit, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, there's, I think all of us, I've, I've seen things like, I don't know how to improve upon this. Right. And so as long as you give credit, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, we all are standing on the shoulders of giants. Yeah. Which is that's still a DVD available at wretchedradio.com. Jimmy, is where I plug a, a product? A wretched.org. Wretched.org. And uh and and I'm not sure. I think so, maybe. On the shoulders of giants. Yeah, if it's not, it's Jim's phone. Yeah, if it's not, search for it on eBay. I'm gonna put mine up for auction right after the show <laughs> is over today. Make sure you buy it from me. I'll give it to you at a discount. Uh so that's the word the role of the word of God in the heart of a pastor, significant, important. Uh, for that reason, we should not shirk our responsibilities and, the, and no. the work of sermon preparation. What is the role of God, uh, the role of the Word of God in the hearts of the people? That is how they grow. Uh, that is that is how they are sanctified. That's how they are conformed into the image of Christ. 
preaching is God's ordained means to his ordained end, uh, the building of his church, the conversion of sinners, the building of the church, sanctification of his people, confirmation into the image of Christ. And um, yeah, that's, that's, that's our lifeblood. That's our, that, that's, that's how we grow. And, and outside of that, there is no growth in Christ. There is no holiness. We do nothing but bring reproach upon the name of Christ. So yeah, don't, don't short yourself. Um, and to our listeners, uh, do your own study too. I mean, listen intently on Sunday morning, but read on your own, mm-hmm. study on your own. Don't, don't have your only diet for 45 minutes or whatever on, on a Sunday morning, read and study on your own too, because that is how you were nourished. We should desire the pure milk of the word. Mm-hmm. And without that, there is no growth. I have been amazed sometimes after preaching a sermon. I think every pastor can say this, that you get up and you preach a sermon, you do the main point is this, and this is my this is my big idea, my homiletical big idea, this is my outline, my conclusion. Here's my applications of it. And then have three or four people come up and and say, Oh, that really ministered to my heart in this way. Yeah. And and in my mind, I never even intended that. And and yet yeah, I yeah, see yeah. that as an application, yeah. a legitimate application, a legitimate an, a legitimate effect of the sermon that I preached. It's not that they misunderstood what I said, but I, I could right. have never intended the, for that work to be done in their heart. And yet the Spirit of God uses the Word of God in ways that are beyond the imagination and beyond the intention even of the preacher in the moment of preaching. The Spirit of God is doing all kinds of different things in the hearts of His people through that proclamation of truth. Absolutely. Some of which you know, some of which you can see, some of which you can't, some of which you're completely oblivious to. I've had people come up weeks after and say, man, that sermon that you preached on this really affected me in this way. And I would, how do do you connect those two? Uh, I can't even see it, but the Spirit of God is applying His Word in all kinds of ways that we can't even see when when we're proclaiming the truth. Yes, indeed. Indeed. That is the work of the Spirit. And uh, I tell people to uh, encourage them, seek out godly men to preach the word to you. Care more about the health of your soul than you care about the health of your body. Yeah. Pastors, we know that Sunday is coming. We know of the pressing demands of ministry upon you, but do not use time-saving devices as an excuse or a tool to simply shirk your work. Put forth the effort, labor in the Word of God, labor in prayer over the message. Uh, Allow the Word of God to come through you into your heart to sanctify you so that you can stand up and proclaim the accurate and true meaning of the passage of Scripture to your people on a Sunday morning, trusting that the Spirit of God is going to do that work in the hearts of your people. This has been Jim Osmond, Justin Peters, filling in on Wretched Radio for Todd Friel. Until tomorrow, go serve your King.